Get ready for Crack the Customer Code, your audio guidebook for creating incredible customer journeys. So Adam, I think you have a specific connection to our guest today. Is that accurate? Well, yes and no. I don't know our guest personally. I've not met him, but I actually uh, did the program at the university where he is a professor. So I have a certificate in customer experience that I got many years ago from uh, Arizona State University's Center for Services Leadership. And it's a really interesting program. For one thing, it is one of the few, and I mean truly few, programs in an academic environment about specifically customer experience. There's almost nothing else like it right now. I hope that's changing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it is. I was going to say that's changing and I stopped myself because based on our conversation, I'm not sure I can say that, but it is pretty interesting to think that there's this world that we haven't really explored from an academic perspective when it has so much to do with the success of business. And you look at kind of how those, how academia and business intersect in so many different areas, like the Harvard Business Review and uh, all the studies that come out from all those different business programs. But customer experience is still kind of an island that hasn't been touched in that same way. So I think it's a really interesting discussion. It's something we haven't really talked about a lot here. So I'm thrilled that Dr. Holman was able to meet with us and and share a little bit of insight, not only about what's happening in academia, but how that translates to the to the real world. <laughs> right. Okay, I'm going to get all sorts of hate mail over that, but uh, the you know the business side of things and what that means for everybody. No, it's fine. Uh, haters are going to hate Jeannie. That's what they say. <laughs> well, because it's a valid point, though. It's a valid uh, not with uh, our guests. Uh, Professor Holman, because he very much is from both worlds, right? Has a, mm-hmm. a business back, and and you find that a lot more in the business world. Yes, uh, it, there's a lot less of the distinction or the gap, I, I'll say, between sort of academic theory and real world reality in the business world. There's a lot more mm-hmm. crossover. The uh, academia interacts better, I think, in the business sphere than it does maybe in the social sciences and in some other fields. So I think you find less of it, but there is always that concern, right? And I think one of the things that's evidence of that is just the very thing we're going to talk about in this episode, the Mm -hmm. fact that we've all talking about customer experience for how long now and how much focus do we put on it? We have an entire podcast, our careers are dedicated to it, and academia has barely touched this topic, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? It's just very slow in catching up to where the actual market is. So, and I think, uh, you know, Dr. Hallman brings up some great points, really explores it for us, and then talks a lot about, um, you know, some of the things he's learned and some of the knowledge that they have there in that program. So I, I think we should get into it. Well, let me share a little bit about our guest. Dr. Thomas Holman is a clinical associate professor of marketing and the executive director of the Center for Services Leadership at Arizona State University. Thomas's work ex- experience spans four countries and over 10 years in Fortune 100 companies, including Black & Decker, Xerox, and as an executive at Sun Life Financial. His research interests include services science, with a focus on B2B service analytics and relationship marketing, with a particular interest in relationship outcomes. 
His research has appeared in the Journal of the Academy of Marketing Science, the Journal of Business and Industrial Marketing, and several leading marketing and services conferences. He has received research grants and awards, and Thomas has consulted with a range of Fortune 500 firms, and he received awards for his teaching at Arizona State University and at NC State. Thomas earned a PhD in marketing from Arizona State University. Dr. Thomas Holman, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm really excited about our conversation. Thank you so much for inviting me on your show. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, I am super excited. I was super excited when Alicia reached out to me because I am a graduate of the very program you are a part of and a leader of, and uh, the Center for Services Leadership at Arizona State University. I actually did get the certificate and customer experience from there. It was a fantastic experience. And I can't wait for you to give us some behind the scenes and talk a little bit about service and experience here. So the first question I have is, what do you think the role is of higher education in the world of customer experience today? Yes, I think it's a very important role and it's it's a key role in that higher education can provide uh, the uh, the companies and the employees at all levels with the knowledge and tools to really be good and excellent at customer service at any customer-facing role. And one of the opportunities for that is, of course, to take a program like the one you've taken, but there's a multitude of avenues to pursue, and we can maybe talk about some of those, but I think that's a key role for us as academics and as the higher education field to play, is to help people gain the tools and knowledge to be better at what you do. And in the broader academic world, do you think that customer experience is represented well or that, it, I mean, to Jeannie and I, we've talked about this. It feels like to us that academia is, you know, obviously not where you're at, but overall academia is lagging behind the marketplace that, you know, everyone is focused on, not everyone, but most people are focused <laughs> on customer experience. Now, if, if nothing else, at least to give it lip service and doesn't seem like academia is catching up. Well, what's your view of the whole landscape? Uh, it's an interesting landscape, and it's something that isn't true only for the whole topic of customer experience, but broader speaking as well. I always compare it to when I talk to industry, and in the center we do that a lot. When I talk to industry, I feel like uh, you know, the Marty McFly in Back to the Future, and, <laughs> and you know, like I step out and it's 1985, uh, because industry is, is struggling with and looking at totally different topics than the ones that we do when we go to academic conferences and, and totally different levels as well. So that's where we in the academy are uh, sometimes falling short in helping industry and employees and just everybody that's that's also for any organization, nonprofit or government, to just see what is already existing and then take that and apply that. And we're not doing a good job of that and we're we're in our center here. We're trying to do a better job at that, but that is certainly something that is needed. Well, and the funny part, I, I don't know if it's funny, haha, but I guess ironic is that I know a lot of people who are in higher education who are struggling a little bit with attracting the right kind of student body they want because they're realizing they need to up their own game in what we would call customer experience in student experience, right? Like students have totally different expectations than they did 10 years ago. They are looking for a really well-rounded experience in higher ed. And a lot of the organizations in higher education that 
had something that worked for literally hundreds of years, <laughs> like it worked for a long time, suddenly have to kind of wake up and realize that they are competing in this market just like everybody else. So are you seeing that as well as far as you know, creating customer experience around higher education? Absolutely. We have certainly in, uh, here at Arizona State University, uh, but also elsewhere in the country where I talk to my colleagues, we have seen that students are much more uh, educated, pardon the pun, but much more educated <laughs> about their education. They really are looking for uh, that broad experience. They want to have things that they can apply, but they also want to understand. They want to be challenged. Um, they are truly a different generation than I would say uh, certainly uh, 20 years ago, but even just 10 years ago. So this group is, I always say they have two settings, uh, zero and 200. And, and <laughs> you, you want to dial into that 200. You want to figure out how to get how to get them excited and engaged. And uh, that's something that I work on in my classes all the time. But it, it is really an interesting challenge. Uh, whereas 10, 15 years ago, you would have, you know, the normal setting. So uh, they mm -hmm. usually sit at a 30 to 50 and then they get up to an 80 or 90. These students now, it's it's really extreme. They are just either sitting there and you, you kind of can wonder what's going on in that head right now, or they're super <laughs> engaged and just, just, just really driving my own performance in the classroom to a different level by, by just demanding and asking. It's really, mm -hmm. it's really fun. I was always at a hundred the night before the exam or the night before the paper was due. <laughs> that, that's, that's an approach that works too. <laughs> so here's a question. Is there talking about customer experience in academia? Like how, your PhD is specifically in what? Uh, I have a PhD in marketing with a focus on service science. Service science. Okay. So the, that's interesting. What, what I've looked at, we actually tried to catalog years ago, sort of the experience programs out there, and there were so few, and it's grown. It seems like a lot of the people teaching what few experience programs there are, are coming over from marketing at this point. Do you see a lot of sort of people that came out of customer experience roles in business, you know, coming into these positions, either you know, as adjuncts or, you know, or trying to be more traditional and, you know, get masters and PhDs. What, what are you seeing as the marketplace starts to, the academic marketplace starts to embrace this idea of customer experience? Yeah, it's a great uh, time, I think, to be thinking about it. Uh, certainly companies have uh, started to understand, at least many of them understand it quite a bit now, that the customer experience is key and is really the center of what needs to be focused on and what needs to be understood. And universities are a little behind the curve there, but there's a lot of students in my classes and the master's level classes that are actually at university. So it's always kind of fun to talk to them a little bit about uh, how they are trying to take what they learn in my courses and our courses here and how they're trying to take that into their uh, institutions and try to really drive that understanding and knowledge about the customer and the customer experience into their institution. And there's tools that, that uh, really are powerful and that are really making a difference. I'll, I'll give you one, uh, which is the blueprinting, which, which is part of uh, what you went through, Adam, uh, talking about blueprinting. And the uh, blueprinting tool is always in our executive education seminars, one of the highlights for people that they just 
jump on and, and cling on and just run right back to the organization with and say, hey, this is a great tool. We, we want to use it right now. Uh, and just that ability to just take some of that knowledge and some of the tools and immediately apply it. I think mm-hmm. that's key. Uh, I, I'm one of those people. Who, I love service blueprinting. <laughs> I think it's awesome. So I totally get why people, why people gravitate to it because it works and it's so like approachable, but um, one yeah, of the- warning, warning, Thomas, you have entered the CX nerd house <laughs> here with us. <so. laughs> um, one of the things that I think, you know, you would agree based on all of the background that you have in both industry and academia is that the idea of creating the right culture for service is super important. And so I'm wondering, you probably have some opinions or observations right now about what do you think a good service culture is and what do the best organizations do to achieve theirs? The, the uh, old adage is that culture eats strategy for breakfast. That, that's very true. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that in my industry uh, work as well as in the academy, tr- uh, truly and, and really p- repeatedly. Um, the idea of culture is sort of in the academy a really weird one. When we talk about culture and when we read articles about culture, it's all these uh, terms we use like artifacts and, and things that are, nobody mm-hmm. talks about <laughs> in the normal language. Like what? What the heck is an artifact mm-hmm. exactly, right? So when you look at definitions <laughs> of culture in textbooks, even uh, it is not clear to me. If I didn't know what they're talking about, I wouldn't know it afterwards. It's just these really weird you know, symbols and all kinds of things they talk about that don't make sense. Uh, so I go back to my industry experience there, uh, something that when I was uh, working in industry uh, that I struggled with and that I then found a very simple idea or a simple solution to. And the way I look at culture is that culture is simply the way we work. That That's all it is. So I always, when I, if I'm on a whiteboard, I write down www. And you know, it's, it's not a URL for online, but it's the way we work. That's what culture is about. So what are we doing? Uh, if a customer comes with this problem or with this question, or if we internally, if we have a snowstorm, what do we do? Do we all just go home and say, oh, well, you know, too bad customers, or do we get out? Uh, do we get out our uh, uh, you know wonderful uh, little cups of hot mugs and coffee and hot tea and something and stay overnight and try to figure out how to make our customers whole again with uh, whatever it is that they are struggling with because the power might be out or maybe they don't have access to their financials or whatever it is. So how do we react to situations, circumstances? That's really what culture is all about. So how do we work with each other and with customers? And um, that that's that's much simpler than the whole notion of symbols and artifacts. And what can you do? Well, the important thing that I found that that works is, is storytelling. Just tell the stories of the customer associate that went through the snow to deliver a package or tell the story of the, the uh, customer support group that stayed in the office for three days overnight because everybody was snowed in and we still want to be reachable to customers. You know, those stories and telling them, that's really the most powerful way of getting a culture to come alive and to communicate to anybody old or new in the organization what it is we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that definition of the way we work. And I'm glad that's 
that's what you were doing instead of writing www for World Wide Web because your students would make a little yeah, funny of you. I think if you did that. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about customer success. This is like a a term and buzzword that I don't even think existed 10 years ago. And now uh, we talk about it a lot and particularly in service based industries, uh, services of software, those types of industries. And talk about the value of customer success. What, what's the idea of customer success? Why is it valuable? And how can organizations use it as a framework? Yes, we have in our center. One of the things we do is we have uh, so to make sense of what I'm saying next, I'll just step back a couple of uh, yards here and talk about the center. So we're bringing together academics and industry practitioners. So we've got uh, 50 member firms, that those are companies, organizations, and over 80 faculty. And one of the things that we're doing within that network is we have something called a community of practice. So in that community of practice, we bring together a subset of that group and talk about specific topics, and we have one actually on customer success that we launched last year uh, based on the demand from our, our members saying, hey, they are all, all looking at this and what is this and does this apply to my industry, to my company, and trying to understand what it means. And from there, we've had a, a great event at one of our member firms here, and we have written a white paper on that. So so that's me stepping back a few yards and, and coming back now to, uh, to look at customer success with you. Um, the definition is for us very simple. Customer success is when customers achieve their goals using our product or service. That's all it is. And in that sense, customer success is very old. So why is it a new topic? Uh, it's a new topic in part because I think the companies, organizations are starting to really not just mentally, but also just emotionally understand how critical their customer success is to them being a successful firm. Now, customers don't really want to buy anything. They buy things because they have something they want to accomplish. Uh, that's the jobs to be done perspective or the, their goal. And only because they have that goal do they actually come to us and buy our things, whether it's a cup of coffee or it's a flight or it's education. They have their goals that they want to accomplish. And without, I always say in my classes, you know, the, it, it's really simple. If you have no customer, you have no firm. You, you don't exist. So if, you, uh, if you're looking at it from that perspective, then you will have no customer if you don't help them meet their goals, whatever those are. And so customer success should be at the center of every business, not just the uh, software as a service where it all as a term started, but really every business, any business anywhere, any organization, nonprofits, whatever you are, is all about the customer succeeding with what they want. There it is. That's the golden ticket that people still can't seem to get sometimes. I know, right? But... It's so hard. <laughs> I, I, can ask, I can ask my undergrads uh, and, and they all look at me like, duh, you know. <laughs> Uh, well i'm sorry uh with all that you've seen because you've had both impressive corporate and roles in academia i'm i'm really interested in what you see for the future here because i think we've been i feel like customer experience in general is kind of 
reaching that point where people are like, yes, it's actually a thing that we should care about after we've been talking about it for 20, 30 years now in some cases. And there are, you know, dedicated resources. There are titles at companies now that are all about the customer experience. So what do we need to tell people about leading in the future in order to really compete? What do leaders need to do differently in the future than what they're doing today? Well, number one, they need to listen to you. So let's start there. <laughs> now <laughs> we're talking. So, yeah. I mean, as, as I just said, without a customer, there is no firm. And uh, companies are starting mm-hmm. to really understand that, how central the customer is and how central, therefore, the customer experience is and uh, how to then uh, figure out how to improve that and how to understand that is then the challenge for them. And there are great tools. The blueprinting we've talked about is one. Uh, there's another tool that, that we use in our executive education seminars called the GAP model, or GAP, just you know, GAP from the GAP. Uh, the GAP model, and uh, that is a, another fantastic tool. And there's many more. We have, we have dozens of tools we go through and that we have developed in the academy, many of them haven't really yet filtered into business practice to the level that uh, academics thinks they should, but that's on the academics. That's because we haven't done the great job of translating those tools. So that's number one, really to look at all of these tools that have already been created and demand tools, ask questions, say, here's something that my business is struggling with. Let's partner on something. Let's. It could be as simple as, a phone call to uh, you know your old professor and saying, "Hey, uh, remember me from you know 20 years ago when I was sitting there?" Uh, and I, I get those emails and phone calls from my students. I have an open door policy with them, and you know just talking about, "Hey, I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z. Is there something that you can point me to?" Just looking for that knowledge base, looking for those tools. So that's certainly one thing. And then uh, uh, the other thing is, I think from from us, from the academics, we have a job to do. Uh, number one, the translation of the tools that already exist, but number two, really the, the future of services or the future of work uh, is a topic that has also come up uh, in the last year or two very strongly. And you know, people are always uh, somewhat freaking out because they think the robots, the robots are going <laughs> to take everything and we're going to be reduced to, uh, I don't know, s- sitting by our pools and drinking Mai Tais. It won't be so bad, but, you know. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> With the, the robot, robot butlers. Yeah, that's that's what I'm looking and, forward and my to. My daughter actually, she's uh, really, really ticked off because like two, three years ago, she was so hopeful that she will not need to learn how to drive because she thought the self-driving cars would have arrived by the time she would need that. And it's now looking that that's not <laughs> going to happen in time. So she's unhappy. But yeah, that's <laughs> Let her let her know that every generation is disappointed oh, yeah. by the promise the, of technology. The Jetsons and the flying cars, right? Where, where, where's my yes. flying car? I don't know where that is. But, you know, all, all exactly. of that in the academy, we have a role to play to help with that transition. So um, AI, uh, robots, all of that is, is going to come, but it's going to come in a very different way than the two extreme scenarios that I always see uh, people talk about. One is that everything will be just fine, without us wondering and worrying about anything. It'll just work out because it's always worked out. Well, that's not how it works. And the other side of it is the, you know, you can you can watch, uh, going back to the Terminator, I guess, all these wonderful movies that where the robots are taking everything over and uh, it's going to be really a, a horrible situation for us. You know, that 
that I don't think will come to pass as well. But there's this middle ground, this middle ground where if we can find the right path with the tools and knowledge base, the kind of innovation we need to move us forward in a way that we have another great transition. We had the transition from 95% of people working in agriculture in the fields to you know uh, where we are now, that, that transition. So where do those... 92% that are now not in the field anymore, where, where are they now? Well, they all have great opportunities, great jobs, wonderful services that we've come up with. And I think we can do that again. And, and that's a role for the academy that we here at the Center for Services Leadership are really driving right now is to figure out what's that path forward. Well, I think the, the beauty of uh, what you just said is that I'm probably the... I meet the description of the person who's like, it's all going to work out. It's always worked out. And Adam meets the description of <laughs> Skynet is taking over. <laughs> and- hey, look, <laughs> just, just assuming that machines will evolve differently than us and not that's become right. self-aware. Uh, that's, yeah. a, that's an assumption. <laughs> so, yeah, so we will get there. I think there's a beautiful compromise in there somewhere. So I appreciate the way you put that. Um but uh, this whole thing is so interesting, and I'm sure you are seeing so many cool things throughout what you do and who you teach and what you're sharing with different organizations. So this has been really, really enlightening. So thank you so much for joining us today. And if people do want to know about the center or you, what's the best sure. way for them uh, to the reach out way, and find so you? We're the Center for Services Leadership at Arizona State University. That's a lot of things to type in. The easiest way is if you go to your search engine and type in <laughs> uh, ASU uh, space CSL. So Arizona State University Center for Service Leadership, ASU CSL. We will come up right up there first on your search engine. That'll be the easiest way to find us and to contact us here. Okay, that's perfect. And we will, as always, make sure that's in our show notes. So that's an easy way for everybody to find it as well. But this was really great. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Um, and here's to the robots not taking over completely, except I'm still pretty <laughs> excited about the robot butler idea. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you so great. much, Thomas. Uh, it was thank very you. kind of you having me on your show. Thanks so much. Well, it's exciting to think about what will be next in this arena, isn't it, Adam? With what will we be teaching in the future? How will we how will we combine this idea of what actually happens in business with customer experience and how to really translate that back to academia and vice versa, because based on all the research and the tools that they're developing, how can we use that better in our work as well? So I think this is like brave new world stuff, even though it's been around for a while. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's not just that. I think it's also the ability of academia to prepare tomorrow's workforce, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, how do you how do you go into customer experience <laughs> if you're right. you know we've talked about this i think it's been a long time since we really covered this topic you know i think that's if you're going into marketing right you mm-hmm. go uh you do your uh you get your marketing degree and then you go uh, to your couple of years at P&G or whatever right <laughs> and, and and right and then you yeah go do a firm go out on your own whatever it may be there is a, a sort of obvious path customer experience doesn't have that path and that may be good in some ways but it's also i think challenging there's a lot of learning curve in customer experience mm-hmm. so uh, i think the the more uh this trickles down or trickles up. I don't know how you want to look at it into academia. I think, I think the better it will be. I totally agree. And I think that, 
I, I really appreciated what Thomas had to say about a lot of the ways that they are listening to students, you know, and their students are running back to their organizations and sharing the knowledge that they have too. And that's, that's what's going to work. That's how we're all going to win. Um, so yeah, it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun to think about this in a different way and to really crack the academic code, if you will. Yeah, we really <laughs> schooled everybody. Oh, there, there it is. There it is. <laughs> All right, Jeannie, take us away. <laughs> well, thank you all for studying with us at Crack the Customer Code. <laughs> Crack the Customer Code is a proud member of C-Suite Radio, so be sure to check out all the great business content at csuiteradio.com and csuitetv.com. We so appreciate you being here with us. I'm Jeannie Walters, and you can learn more about me and our journey mapping program, CX training and speaking at experienceinvestigators.com. And I'm Adam Pork, and you can learn more about me. My keynote speeches are customer service workshops and training and our strategic advisory at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.